All right, everybody, let's go ahead and get started. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this, for this time you've given us to get into your word to better understand how we as your children, we uh, as individuals in your army are supposed to war. I thank you, Father God, as we navigate this spiritual warfare, uh, I won't even call it series, but this uh, topic, I pray, Father God, that we gain understanding on who we are in you and and how we can be proactive in our warfare and how we can uh, deliver people in the trenches of warfare. And we pray um, that, Father, you will guide us through uh, today's topic, that you will give us insight that we never heard before, that we'll be able to withstand any evil day or withstand any time we're pressured or uh, uh, enticed by pleasures. With that being said, I come against every demonic spirit that may be warned against myself. These young people, I cover my wife, my daughter, my family, my extended family from any type of retaliation for me operating in warfare today. Father, we thank you for that authority that you've given me um, to execute freely in this space now. And we love you for it. And just let me do pray. Amen. So we've been in Ephesians chapter six uh, for a while. I'll read the uh, text and then we're going to recap and then we're going to kind of go over uh, what it means to be strong in him. But the word of God says, for those who are not familiar, it says, finally, uh, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes, plots of the devil. For we do not wrestle uh, against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet. Excuse me, having put on the readiness, giving by the gospel of peace in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish uh, all the flaming darts of the evil one and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, uh, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mysteries of the gospel. Uh, so we're going to focus on verse 10 again and, and kind of go through it word by word. And for those who are kind of uh, um, not new to exegetical uh, teaching, exegetical teaching or, or, or teaching in this regard, it's verse by verse, almost word for word, so we can better see how we can really extrapolate from this text everything we possibly can so that we can win. It says, be strong in the Lord. Last we talked about the word be. What did we say about be last week? Or the importance of being uh, 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 in, in regards to spiritual warfare? Yes. It's being present um, in order to be aware of what's going on. That's right. One of our greatest form of spiritual warfare is to be who God wants us to be to the full and for us to be present. When we're present... In his presence, not only is there a fullness of joy for us, but there's a fullness of joy for people. We talked about how we have the opportunity to customize how people enter and exit our presence. Like when people enter your presence, there should be a supernatural divine culture or climate around you that when people are around you, there is a glimmer of hope. There's a, a, a grasp of joy and love that they can experience from you. And when they leave your presence, you're unforgettable. Like, like that person walks with God, that person's with him. Also, it says our presence should matter to us. Why should our presence and people being our presence matter to us, despite uh, what I said before, like 10 seconds ago? Uh, some people carry spirits. 
That's real. Like, like, like we said all, like all the time, like we have to uh, ask ourselves, is our presence a fragrance or our presence only? When you leave the house, what do you do to make sure that your presence is uh, enjoyable or livable? What, what do we tend to do? Take a bath. Hmm? Take a bath. Take a bath. Why is a bath important? You don't want to smell, and, and smell will cause people to be propelled. Like, they'll be like, I, I ain't, I ain't, I, I'm going to um, get out this person's presence. What else do we do when we leave the house to make sure that our presence is, is enjoyable? Spray cologne. Spray cologne or perfume, why? It, it's like an extended presence. Like, the bath is on skin. <laughs> cologne is the extent. You know, like, like you come to my, pro- oh, you smell good. Oh, okay, yeah. What else? What else do we tend to do? Yes. Eat. Eat. Oh, straight up. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, because we could be irritable. Expound. Yeah, yeah. Affects your mood and that affects how you present yourself. That's real. That's real. Yes. Uh, positive. Positive. Yeah. And why is it important for to have that in our presence every single day? Exactly, exactly. What else? Brush your teeth. And why is brush your teeth so important? When you speak, you know, why is that important? <laughs> Sometimes you don't even know what words to say. You just groan. And I understand. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> that, that, that's real. We do all of that when we leave the house. What happens in our spiritual house? Like when people are around us, is there enough God in us? Is there enough hope in us? Is there, is there enough joy in us that make people be like, you know, I want to be around them? I say, and I say this often, and I say these quick things, these four things, we talked about this before, I'll quickly go through it, is that these four things make your presence enjoyable from a spiritual standpoint. We talked about how these are the top forms of energy, the top forms of how people feel, uh, or the highest levels of feelings that a person can have. We said enlightenment, we said love, we said joy, we said peace. Those four things are in a, a mature believer. Like when someone is enlightened about who God is, they know who he is, they know who they are, they know what they're supposed to do. How does that presence become a desirable presence to be in? When someone is enlightened on who God is, they enlighten on who they are and they enlighten on what they're supposed to do. How does that, that energy become a, an enjoyable experience from people, for people? Yes. That's real. That's right. I remember we, we probably heard this before. Dwayne Wade, LeBron, all of them was in um, playing for USA. Right. And they went out to the club. They was young, dumb, partying. And they come back to the hotel and they see Kobe at four thirty, five o'clock in the morning going to the gym. After that experience, you see that the next few days they started going to the gym with Kobe. Kobe was so focused on his purpose that people who were profitable in basketball, they were successful. They wasn't successful all the way around. There's a lot of people that are going to have success. There's a lot of sinful, non-believing, non-children of God that are richer than I am. But are they richer than I am? They're not. Having a lot of money is one dimensional, is one aspect of being profitable. 
And so what about love? Like a person who knows they're loved by God and a person who has self-love and those who know how to distribute their love, how does that person's ex- uh, presence is a great uh, presence to experience? They know God's love. God's love has perfected. Uh, God's perfect love has cast out fear out of them. Number two, they love themselves. And number three, they know how to distribute their love appropriately. How does that person kind of person becomes a person that people love to be in their presence? Yes. It's contagious. How so? You're going to smile back. Right? What else? Yes. Go ahead. You can smell the real vibes. Like when someone truly loves themselves, it's, it's not fake. Like you know, oh, you're not arrogant. You're just confident. Arrogance is I need to act like I'm confident. Confident is I'm just saying I'm, con- I'm just confident. And sometimes people, real quickly, some people are offended by your authentic confidence, right? Because they know that I need to be where you are. That's why insecure people cannot enjoy or thrive in the presence of a secured person. Because secure people are honest people. Secure people don't even have to say anything about themselves. The way they carry themselves make people un, uh, I'm nervous about how they're carrying themselves. We talked about joy. How does joy, a person who's joyful, their experience becomes a weapon against the enemy warfare-wise in the life of someone else? Just a joyful person. Yes. don't understand. And in that, you're able to just look at it and be like, you know what? I don't care if you know my tires blew out, but hey, we still rolling. It's That's okay. right. And it, you're taking on a perspective of positivity throughout whatever you do. Perspective is key with joy. You can't have joy with the right, without the right perspective. Even if my tire is flattened, sometimes God has to stop you in order for the devil not to stop you. Because what happens if you're in traffic? I remember there's plenty of times when I got my nephew and my niece and and we're 15, 20 minutes behind and and we pass a wreck. How do I not know that I was stopped or hindered from being a part of that wreck situation? So Joy says it don't matter if I'm late because God makes my crooked path straight. And when you understand that, oh, oh, we spent the day. We, we here today? Okay, okay, I'm here. Okay, all right, Holy Ghost, use me, Lord, use me. But when you have the right perspective, you're able to say, anything that gets in my way, I trust that God has made my crooked path straight to such a degree that, that even if, so I never have to worry if Miss Riley's going to be upset with me. Like, if I'm in the will of God, he'll make that crooked path straight. Like, it doesn't matter what happens down the road. Like, that's why like, I rather had been on 9-11. I rather had been late to work than to be on time to work that day. <laughs> Think about that. I rather had been like, oh, I'm on the highway in traffic and I'm seeing the buildings fall. And I'm like, oh, man, that's why I was late. <laughs> and sometimes with God, sometimes with God, you don't even you will never know the reason why you late. One thing about God, God has done more for you than you will. God has done more for you in the column of you will never know versus the column that you will find out he did for you. For instance, 
Do you know how many times you were supposed to have been dead, 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 dead? How many times you supposed to have been kidnapped? How many times you supposed to be molested? How many times you was, and you never knew. And you're just twirling in the lily fields of danger and didn't even know that God blocked every single thing. Right? So sometimes, all the time, I wake up and I say, God, I thank you for all the unseen blessings you've done for me. So peace, how is peace a contagious presence? An enjoyable presence when someone's at peace. Yes, Drew. Oh, 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 get your stuff. Hey, that hit somebody in the room. <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that, Chester. Hey, 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 you testify. Rejoice, Chester. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, you can still carry out yourself, even though life is stressful. You can still uh, lift up the loss of Jesus and know that you can have peace, that peace, that blessings to all of us. That verse is so, like, people, when they order, the Bible says, uh, don't be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, what it says, make your request known to God, and then the peace of God, which surpass all understandings, will guard your heart and mind, right? When people are anxious, they like to go to heaven.com and place an order when they pray. God, I want this. I want that. And in our futile, futile thinking, we think that this thing is something that I need to have now. People get mad at God because when they pray to God, say, I'm anxious about this, God. Get me out of this job or get me out of this relationship or get me into this relationship or get me with this person. Where's my husband? Where's my wife? <clears throat> Where's all the different things? And we're anxious about it. And he says, with prayer and supplication, make your request known. Now, oftentimes we make a request in, in restaurants or on Amazon. When we make a request and we have what it takes to pay for it, we get it in, in what time frame? Restaurant, we get it in 20, 30 minutes. Amazon, we get it in two or three days or the same day. We think the same way with God that if I place an order that he's he has to give me something in return. The confirmation thing that we get from God is his peace. Peace is the most valuable asset right now. And it has to come from perspective, knowing that even though I prayed and placed an order for God to order my steps in this direction. What if it don't come for 10 years from now? You need his peace to guard your heart and mind. In the moment time until his timing is perfected. Sometimes when it comes to peace, we're like, God, I want more than your peace. Like, I want peace and the product. I want peace and the person. But God said, you're not the person for the person. You're not the person for the product. So now you got to allow my peace to make you the person you need to be. Now, let's get to what we want to talk about today. Uh, <clears throat> last point on recapping was. Uh, it says uh, I put here, it says uh, our goal should be to have our presence to always be actively engaging in the presence of God so that our presence can be enjoyable. Now, we're going to talk about strong. We said, the verse says, finally, my brothers, oh, no, finally, that's not the verse. It says, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. We'll take about two or three more weeks to break this little verse down because we need to understand what it means to be strong, right? Uh, the, the definition of strong is having the power to move heavy weights, to perform other demanding tasks and to withstand forces or pressure. There's three things that a strong person is capable of doing. Uh, they're capable of moving heavy weight, heavy weights, 
perform other physical demanding tasks or able to withstand. Now, let's break down what have means. Like a person who has or who have strong capabilities, they possess it and own it already. Right now, demons know how strong you really are. You can't fight a demon in your own strength. Like, I don't care if you bench 400 pounds. They said DK Metcalf, whatever his name is. What's his, D, what's his name? Football player. Can bench 500 pounds, he said. That's Aaron Donald. My bad. Aaron Donald said he could bench 500 pounds. Now, does demons get nervous about that? Oh, they go, oh, that's cute. <laughs> oh, they, oh, you can lift your little 500 pounds, right? But people don't understand how strong you have to be to carry certain things, right? That marriage, you can't bench press on a bench. Self-worth, you can't, low self-esteem, you are not strong enough to bench that. Like, there are certain things that you have to have already in possession in order for you to actually lift. And being strong in the Lord is saying, I know for a fact that I'm incapable of being strong in my own might to carry things. Right now as a husband, and I'm just giving y'all, this is my life, right? Like I have to realize that it is impossible for me to husband without God. Like, like if you know what type of wife I have, <laughs> I mean, she's not bad. What I'm saying is, but, but, but if, if personality wise, we clash at times. Like I'm the chill, cool, I'm laid back. My wife is, she ready to cut somebody if the burger's wrong, right? Like, like, so I realized that in our first year of marriage, we had a lot of arguments because I was trying to lift in my own strength. And then one time I got a little too loud and I said, my blood pressure's getting up and I'm not going to allow the strength that I think I have to try to lift something I can't lift and then have a stroke, have a heart attack. Uh, or get resentful towards her. So what I say is, when we get in arguments, what I do is, I go to Food Line, I go to Publix, or I go to Whole Foods. Because I know if I try to engage this argument, in my, it don't matter if I have strong arguments <laughs> against whatever's going on in that argument. It's not strong enough, right? And so sometimes you have to separate in order for peace to in, in, uh, infiltrate, there we go, into the situation. And what we have to realize is, is that do I currently have the strength? Am I truly strong enough to carry sexual purity, to carry uh, mental stability, to actually carry those different things? And you can't without God. It doesn't matter if you're confident. I don't care if you're the top dog. I don't care if you're the best in the business. If your strength is in you, somebody stronger than you. It's going to affect you. We have to have that David mentality. Like David was, David, like uh, Pastor Gould said, Marlon Gould said today, like, like the Philistine was uncircumcised. Now, I'm not going to get too gory with it, but how, what is circumcision? Circumcision is, it, well, is, is evident in the man's whatever, right? And obviously, since, uh, uh, culturally, these people were not in covenant. So David saw externally, David's, uh, 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 What's that? The, the, the giant. Goliath is not in covenant. So it doesn't matter if he's seven foot 10, eight foot 11, nine foot tall. I think he's nine foot tall. He ain't stronger than me because I know I have a covenant. You have to understand that your strength is not in what you have. Your strength is not in who you are. Your strength is not in who's rich in your family. Your strength is in your covenant.
And if you don't understand that as a child of God at this dimension of your life, then you're not going to really win many battles in your life. And so I have to be strong in him. We're going to talk about in him a little bit later. But but I have to be, I have to assess. Am I truly strong enough to handle what's trying to come against me? And right now, a lot of us are trying to carry circumstances, situations and people. And I'm sure why is it impossible to carry a friendship in your own strength? Yes. Mm-hmm. Talk to us. Talk to us, Chester. Um, Talk to us. Um, if you try to do like a friendship in your own strength, it won't go well. It won't last. And I, I say this a lot. Um, and I think I was in your class when I said it. I said <coughs> friends come and go. Um, fake friends stay for a season mm-hmm. and then they leave, and then real friends come in and stay for a long time. That's right. So when you have a, rel- a relationship that is not with God, that means it's going to end like. That. That's like right. If you have a, a relationship that is like with God, you ask God if you can be, you know, cool, then it's gonna last long. But if you, it's not gonna work. So you can't do it in your own strength. You can't even if you even if you think that that person's a friend, because how many of us have friends that were friendly in the beginning, but was proven not to be friends? It's different between having someone friendly and y'all are compatible, y'all have common goals, and then. When it's time for them to be a friend, they don't have the capacity to be your friend. Like <clears throat> people understand friendship is free. Nobody pays a membership to be your friend. <laughs> I wish there was a, a $49.99 uh, uh, membership to be my friend. I wish I got paid from friendships, but friendships are free. What I charge $2.50 an hour for for someone else that, that somebody else can come as my friend and get two hours of counseling for free. They can get, that's why I can, you, can't, you can't afford to be friends with everyone. Because friendships cost you time. They cost you energy. They cost you a lot. And if you're not a friend of God, or if you, or if you haven't become a friend of his, and if you're not a friend of yourself, then you'll be desperate for friendship. That's why right now, <clears throat> people be like, they get mad at me sometimes. I be like, they, because sometimes people want to be my friend more than I want to be their friend, and then they start assuming, they start assuming that we're friends, and then and then, then you can't get mad at me if you assume that I was your friend when I was just being friendly, All right? Because think about it, I'm friendly because I'm in good company. I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of myself, so I'm not desperate for friendship. And sometimes people only want to be your friend to spend. They just want to spend your time. They just want to spend your money. They want to spend your skills. They want to spend everything. But when it's time for you to make a a withdrawal, they don't got nothing in the the machine, right? Same things with relationships. Like, you got to say, hey, man, I can't. And I realized this in my marriage. And I realized this in parenting. Like, like. It's a joy when you know that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Any and everything can be a joyful experience when you know where your strength comes from. If God is my joy, then I don't have to feel frustrated when when baby girl is crying and I'm in the middle of finishing a chapter in a book. Then I can close the laptop quick because this ain't this is number four or five in my joy list. She's top two in my joy list, top three in my joy list. So 
joy has to be listed. Like, like your joy for a career cannot supersede your joy for God. Right. Because if you if the joy of the Lord, if the God is not your joy, then you're not going to really enjoy anything else. Because if God can't be invited, then nothing can be excited. Go ahead. You had a, a question. Drew? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Drew. Go ahead, Drizzy. I, I saw something today, and, and it was like, like somebody can have, like, there's a difference between an associate and an actual friend. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you can have, like, under associates, like, you can just talk to people, but then at the end of the day, you can just have one true friend. That's real. Like, associates are just like, we, like, we help each other. <clears throat> This is contractual. <laughs> like, like, uh, it's not transformation. Like, we're not trying to tr- trying to create synergy together, right? And some of us, we need to put people in the right categories. Like, if you really looked at your friendships, then you'll see who to remove. Like, oh, you're just an associate. Oh, you just a classmate. <laughs> oh, you just a teammate. Like, because we feel so lonely. And because we feel like all these different things, now we feel like I have to have a friend. If you have to have anything, you're going to realize that they're going to be half of the thing that you really needed. Because when you have some, when God, when you have God in his full, when you have God in his full, everything else is sprinkles, icing. But if you don't have God in it, what you have will actually be half. And that's the scary thing when you have half of something, because when you have half of something, what does that mean? You miss it. That's why I never say my wife's my better half. That's dumb. That means if she's my better half, then what's wrong with my half? <laughs> she's my equal whole. She has to be holding herself. I have to be holding myself for us to complement each other. And so that's what we got to have the mentality of what do I really want to have? Because what I is what I want to have. That's what I want to have only will be half. Or will it be a complimentary piece to what I already have in God? When you have, listen, I posted something a few days ago. Like, if you have God and lose everything, you still have everything. It don't matter if you lose all your friends, you lose your boyfriend, you lose your girlfriend, you lose anything. God's like, we still up by 40. Like, like, and God's going to be like, low key, real talk, I'm the one that got him out. (laughs) So we're really, we think, think about it, we really think that we're mad at the person that left. We really are really mad at God. God's like, I'm the one that actually broke that up. Because if I didn't break that up, that was going to break you up even more into pieces. That now your piece. Now, how many people are through breakups? Your man is in Texas. Your ex in Texas. That means a piece of you is in Texas. A piece of you is in Maine. A piece of you is, is on the basketball circuit somewhere. And you like, and now you only 40% of you. That's why you can't involve yourself with everybody because they take strength from you. What happens when you're still trying to get over an ex and you're in the middle of your necks and you can't even really uh, succeed? Think about that. How many of us, right? I've been there when, I, when that girl broke on me in college. Bro, like I was posting on Facebook just to get her attention. But, oh, I'm making money. <laughs> you want me back? <laughs> and you know how it is. You, you, you smile in the picture, but you're not happy. Like, like, that's why social media is so fake, man. Like, I could tell the more pictures you post or the more whatever, 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 I can see you not happy. Because now you're trying to get someone's attention, but stuck in detention. And you stuck in their detention, and they're the person saying, you're not getting out of this because I, just because I need to come back and get you. That's scary, man. 
That's why I got to say, God, hey, man, you're my strength, man. Because even right now, I'm not strong enough to be a dad, fam. Like, even, if, even if I had a good dad in the home, even if I saw dad today to day, don't, that, that don't mean I'm going to be daddy of the year or daddy of the decade. I have to say, God, I have to rest in your strength because there's going to come days. And I'm going to tell you this from experience. It's going to come days you ain't going to want to be a husband or a wife. It's going to come days. But, but you have to be mature enough to dissect those thoughts so that your heart won't grow resentful. And then all of a sudden, now you don't even want to be where God wants you to be. Because no matter where it is that you want to be in life, there are giants in that land. Having the strongest, having the power to move. Half, by definition, is possessing, owning, or holding. Like, do you have what it takes? Do you have what it takes? Or do you have half of what it takes? Do I have what it takes to be a Christian? Do I have what it takes to be successful in business? Do I have what it takes for the collegiate basketball or sports world? Do I have like 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 you have to have the intangibles. People just want talent. Oh, I'm talented for the next level. A lot of people with their, they talent, your talent will get you halfway. Character gets you f- the full way. So you have the talent to get there, but you don't have the character. Like I, Deion Sanders said something that was funny the other day. He said, uh, he wants his quarterback to have a 3.5 and up GPA. He said he wants his quarterback to come from a two-parent home. <laughs> he says he wants his offensive lineman to come from a two-parent home. He says, but my defensive backs are he wants a single-parent home. <laughs> what he was saying was, what he was trying to say is that the quarterback, the offensive line, those are the smartest positions in football. Like, if they're dumb in that position, you're not going to succeed. So they have what it takes IQ and EQ and physically to run that position. God is saying, man, listen, man, like, like no matter what it is that you want to have in life, you can't have it if you half of it. Like if you half of it, meaning I have to be. Positions doesn't mean you have to be perfect. Like I'm not a perfect husband. I'm not a perfect dad, but I'm positioned. I'm prepared. In a game, you may have 10 assists, but how many? you're going to have some turnovers. You're going to have some turnovers. You're going to have some missed assignments. You're going to miss some things, but you still had a good game. The same as with life. Like, God's not expecting you to have a perfect game. <clears throat> he just wants you to be prepared for the game. And most of us, we, we, we want these things in life, but we're not strong enough to endure the thing. Because everything that's advertised about a place it's not always advertised about the place. So, for instance, oh, I want to go to the NBA. I want to make all this money. Then we see in real time how the NBA and, and, and we now see the character of John Morant. Like all of a sudden now you come from a two parent home. You come from a, a court in your backyard and now you with goons. And now you got homeboys pointing laser lights and the Indiana Pacers bus. Fam, like you got to. And, and that's what I said. I told someone, I said, oh, he's going to Memphis. He got to be careful. Like like Memphis, for those who know, Memphis is one of those cities, Memphis, Baltimore, uh, uh, Compton. Like there are certain uh, where, well, that's where Golden State used to be, but Oakland. But there are certain cities that you drafted into. It ain't, it ain't San Antonio. <laughs> San Antonio, you can you can probably thrive and be a good young man. <laughs> You could probably go, what's, you can go to Indiana and be a good young man. <laughs> you can go, what's another city? You can go to uh, 
Dallas Tech, the Dallas Mavericks and be a good young man. But if you get drafted in Memphis, Baltimore Ravens, these certain places, you not only got to be prepared to be in the league, you got to be prepared to be in that city. And so most of us, we like, man, I want to be at this place. And God's like, there's goons there. There's people that, like we said this before, I'm glad I grew up in the hood. No matter how polished my life is now, I, I remember getting off the bus carrying a bass. And when you're talking about the bass like this, I was in, I was in the music class and I played the bass. I was Bill Cosby on that thing. No, you can separate Bill Cosby. Anyway, the bass, jazz. I was, and I had to keep my head on a swivel. Like I had, to, I had to make sure there were certain parts that I'm passing certain people. And, and I had to unlock the door, lock the door real quick, close blinds because I'm home by myself. I knew what it was like to say, well, my mom said, ride the bike to the corner store. I knew what to look out for. Like, like, I'm glad I grew up in that because now, no matter how polished, no matter how uh, whatever I look now, I know how to navigate. When my niece is with me, when my wife is with me, they, don't, they know that I'm aware of all exits. They're like, why do you always park over here? I park by the exits because if, any, if anybody enters with something, 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 I know how to get everybody out. That's experience. Some people have been silver spoons in their mouth, have been been protected and sheltered that when they go to certain place, they don't have the grit or the awareness to navigate it. And so God is saying, man, you only have half of what you want to have and you have to have it in full in order to in order to enjoy it in its fullness. Right. A power. And we'll stop after this and we'll do part two later. Power is the ability to do something or act in a particular way especially as a faculty or quality or having a, as a faculty as, as part of you, the capacity or ability to direct or influence the behaviors of others or the course of events. So we'll finish this later. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. We talked about how being your full self and being in the presence of God and being present as a spiritual warfare tactic. We also talked about just briefly about having self-awareness about how truly strong you are actually makes you strong. So, for instance, I have to say, you know what? Listen, I don't care how deep in the word I'm in. It don't matter how strong my prayer life is. There's certain women I would not be in their presence. I'm not strong enough for that. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. She, she got something on her. She got something in her that, 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 that will, especially, see, you have to know yourself. On Fridays after I preach, I go right to my wife because I'm weak. Like, when you know yourself, you know yourself. So, for instance, the Bible says, when you stand, take heed, lest you fall. So, for instance, I'm not dumb enough to say, oh, I can handle where her thigh is showing. Or I can handle where, 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 where this, I got to go. There's certain people I'd be like, there's something on you. I'm not strong enough in myself. And God's saying, don't try. God's going to be like, I'm not going to give you strength to be around her. <laughs> We be thinking God's going to get you in the living room with a young man watching a movie and a movie star watching you and you praying to God to give you strength. (laughs) You in a situation and you know he's smelling good and you know he talking good and you like, God, I'm still going to go in this place with him, but I need your strength, Lord. (laughs) God is not going to strengthen you in environments of sin that you want to be in. He'll strengthen you to get out because he says with every temptation makes a what? A way of escape. So, for instance, that sign says exit. But I'm sitting over here. This room is a temptation. 
Every temptation has an exit sign that says exit. But I'm deep in it right now. You ever been in a situation where you're deep in it? And you might as well be like, oh, I'm going to sin today. Man, I'm, I'm too deep in it. I'm with her right now. Like, like, like it's too late. And uh, it's a wrap, Lord. I'm, I'll be calling you for mercy in about 20 minutes, Lord, but I'm going to get it in right now. You know what I'm saying? She's a snack. Now I'm going to attack, right? The best way, the best way, <laughs> the best way to avoid a temptation is to what? The best way is to never enter it. If you listen. A person who loves themselves, a person who loves life, can, can sense in a room that is tempting. And the best way to, to not enter a temptation is to never enter it. And sometimes we just be like, God, I'm going to do this anyway, but I need your strength. Let me tell you something about sin. God will save you from the penalty of sin, which is hell. But it doesn't always necessarily save you from the consequences of sin. If I go out there and sleep with another woman and have a baby, God ain't going to be like, let me get the baby. Shh, 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 I ain't going to tell you what. We're going to take, take the baby. That baby going, wah, wah. And all of a sudden, now the embarrassment's in. Now all of a sudden, it's like, dang, the devil knows. Hey, people don't understand. The devil be stealing. And when he steals, sometimes we don't get it back. For instance, there's, how many people have something stolen from them that you never got back again? How many of us got something stolen and we got it back? Most of the time, the stuff that was stolen, 90% of the time, we don't get it back. For instance, someone stole your bag of chips, ate your bag of chips, it's gone. You can make them throw it up if you want to, but it ain't going to be what you want after. Because if someone steals your car and it messes it up, you ain't going to want it back. I remember if, if someone breaks into your house, some people are like, I got to move. I, I no longer sleep good in here because someone else has been here that wasn't invited. The devil steals, man. And if he steals things that God going to be like, we can't get it back. He's still a girl that it was meant for you and she happily married someone else. God's giving you the Kanye shrug. Sorry, man. I'd rather stay in a blessing category than a lesson category. I want to be where I'm blessed versus where I'm getting lessons. I, I don't want to be in a situation where I, I look at my wife and I messed up. And I thought, and that's why you got to be very careful. Relationships is never 100-100. Like right now, I'm giving 70 to my wife's 30. Like there are certain seasons that she's going to have to give 70 to my 30. The issue is we'll be with someone that's given us 80%. 80% is a high level number. But then we want, but I need that 20%. Now you got to get a side chick or a side man that's 20% of what you're missing in your marriage. Do you know in marriage is going to be certain seasons where you're not going to get sex? Certain seasons where you're not going to get meals? Certain seasons where you're not going to get that 20% because of circumstantial uh, situation, situation? You can't be a man or woman being like, well, I got to go find me a 20 guy or a 20 girl to make me feel 100%. The issue is we're looking to be completed. If I went to my wife and be like, you complete me, and if she can't really do what I need at a certain period of time, then now all of a sudden, now I'm going to cry and whine and look for something else when God said, I'm supposed to be your hundred, not her. The issue is we leave 80% to go look for the 20%, get the 20%, and lose the 80%. That's bad math. That's why a lot of guys that go after that side chick, she's giving 20% because let me tell you something about wives, fellas. 
Wives ain't porn stars. Wives not going to throw it back like them. Wives ain't going to do splits like them. Wives are not going to do what pornography has programmed you to think they'll do. Then when you get married, and that's why I teach men all the time, marriage, you're not going to get it all the time. And if you think that you're going to get it five times a night, every night, you're setting yourself up to fail. Then when she can't prevail or help the ship sail, then all of a sudden you're going to look for someone else from hell to help you feel like you're in heaven. Then when you actually have the baby with the 20, you actually got feelings for the 20, a wife ain't going to put up with that strife. So what she's going to do is... I trust enough with God to take the babies and myself somewhere else. Now you stuck with a 20% fool, which the only thing she does is on Instagram all day. She looks great. She got a body that was made in Dior or, or DR and she got the booty paid for. She, everything was made by man instead of made by God. And now you're miserable. This happens all the time. And so if God is not your 100%, you'll trade your 80% for the 20% and then you'll be stuck with just 20 that's why you got to start thinking, man, there's certain temptations I can't enter in because temptations always have 20% people. They always do. That's why when girls become, women come up to me, oh, I watched you on YouTube. Oh, man, I love what you're saying. Oh, that stuff. I just look through them because all you want to sex the coach, Josh, but you don't want to be next to Joshua Azzy. So I'd rather stay with my wife who loves Joshua Ezzy than to be with someone that's getting high off of who I am on YouTube because YouTube is only 20% of me. Any questions? Boy, we went down on so many paths today. <laughs> and then maybe that was for somebody in the room and maybe it's not. Someone needed that. So any questions? Y'all good? I love y'all.